Shalom, brothers and sisters. Shalom. We have a timely lesson today. Um, today's lesson will be called Managing the Tongue. Today we're going to talk about oper- how to operate in the spirit of Christ. Uh, today we're living in a society where slander and castigation, gossip, is entertainment. Um, we're being short-fused and sharp-tongued is looked at as being cool. Um, being braggadocious when you hear our music predominantly R&B music or hip hop music where it's who can sell the most drugs who can do this who can you know kill somebody these are the things that are perpetuated in our society Um, we're dealing in a time where sisters call each other bees as a term of endearment and um, today we wanted to just um, go into how we all should be under the spirit of Christ in regards to our tongue. Um, the whole world have been flipped upside down. When you screen, you know, society through the Bible, you see how things have gone gone astray and why we are in the condition as a whole, as a nation of people, not just as a nation of people, but in general, the world, how we've got to where we're at today. So we're going to go into managing the tongue today, brothers and sisters. We're going to start in Matthew 24 and 1. Matthew 24 verse 1 And Christ went out and departed from the temple And his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple Now this was during the time of the renovation of Herod the the so-called great Renovated the temple And these temples were magnificent brothers and sisters Even to where the disciples were, you know Were amazed by how beautiful these temples were. Continue, brother. Verse 2. And Christ said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming? Right. So the disciples were asking, when, what signs do we look for to know that the second coming of Christ is coming? Uh, continue, brother, please. Verse 4. And Christ answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. So during the time of Christ's return, there will be a lot of deception, brothers and sisters. During the time uh, becoming close to Christ's second coming, there will be religions, there will be philosophies, there would be a ton of uh, there will be a ton of things that would lead you to be deceived. Verse five: For many shall come in my name, saying, "I am Christ," and shall deceive many. Uh, jump to verse seven, brother, please. Verse seven: For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there, there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. So there will be there's today there's different forms of media that perpetuate racial tension. All of the t- television programs are showing so-called Mexicans against blacks, whites against blacks. This is the time that we're in, brothers and sisters. Continue, brother. Verse eight. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. And shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Right. So, brothers and sisters, um, there will be a lot of hatred aimed towards those of us 
who are following Christ. Now, Matthew 24, brothers and sisters, is a survival guide to the end days. During the time of Jacob's trouble, these would be the things that we would need to um, we would need to uh, learn things that we would need to perpetuate in regards to our behavior in order to make it. Continue, brother. Verse 10. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. So during this time, people will be offended by the most insignificant things. Continue, brother. Verse 11. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Read that again. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Continue, brother. Verse 12. And because and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. So we will be in a time where sin is at its height. And because of it, a lot of people will become impatient. Um, we would lose the love towards each other, brothers and sisters. We would, we, so much sin would be in the earth that the attribute of love would be on the decline, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. So brothers and sisters, if we don't have love, then none of the prepping that a lot of people are doing here in America... Um, you got doomsday preppers where they're looking to buy gold and do this and buy land. None of that matters if we don't have love. All of that's for nothing if we don't have love, brothers and sisters. Continue. Verse 13. But he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. Read that one more time, brother. <clears throat> Verse 13. But he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. So we must endure to the end in order to be saved. Uh, Christians will have you believe if you just say... Um, I believe in Christ that you're saved. Unfortunately, that doesn't line up with the Bible. Continue, brother. Verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. And that's further proof that Christianity have to be a fallacy. It have to be false because Christianity is all throughout the world. There isn't a piece of land, There isn't a landmass that you can go to where Catholicism or Christianity is not the most popular belief of God. So this is further proof that Christianity could not be the truth. And even when I was a Christian, um, I used I used to read this scripture and I've never understood it because I'm like, how is this? Everybody knows, you know, about being a Christian or Christ, the Christ that the Christian church teach you about. So it really didn't add up to me. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then the end shall come. Right. So the true gospel, brothers and sisters, the truth about Christ, the truth about the most high, about who the children of Israel are. That's the true gospel, brothers and sisters. That's the true gospel. Let's let's jump to Leviticus, brother. We're going to uh, Leviticus 19 and 18. Going to the law, brothers and sisters. Leviticus 19, verse 18. Thou shalt not avenge, nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 18. Thou shalt not avenge, nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people. Regardless of the situation, brothers and sisters, irregardless of the situation, we cannot do this. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 18. Thou shalt not avenge, nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people. But thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. 
We, I am the Lord. We must love each other, brothers and sisters. Because why? Being angry clouds your judgment. It clouds our judgment, brothers and sisters. So today we're going to touch on some of the <clears throat> principles of, number one, loving yourself. Because why? If you don't love yourself, you can't love your neighbor. You can't love your sister. You cannot love your brother if you do not love yourself. And that's something that our people struggle with. And we don't even know it. But our behavior shows that we don't love ourselves. For example, if you're a fornicator, you're a brother, you're a fornicator. You don't love yourself because why? You're diminishing your own value. You're spreading yourself thin. So these are some of the things. If you're in a gang, you, you, you know, you swinging down a pole. You're decreasing your own value because you don't love yourself. Because that's not love. A lot of people can see you and say, you know, that's a beautiful young lady. You know, she's a child of God. She has so much upside, but she degrades herself. Same thing with the brothers. Brothers are kings, but yet we out fornicating. And a sister see you and say, this could be a righteous man. This could be a child. This could be, you know, somebody that could help lead our people. Yet he's degrading himself. A lot of times we don't see it. So we're going to touch on some of the principles to loving ourselves, brothers and sisters. Uh, let's go to Sirach or Ecclesiasticus uh, 14 and 4 in your apographer, brothers and sisters. Sirach 14 and 4. He that gathereth by defrauding his own soul gathereth for others. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 4. He that gathereth by defrauding his own soul gathereth, gathereth for others. That shall spend his goods right righteously. All right, brothers and sisters. So what this is saying is a lot of us will risk our life to give a brother or sister a gift. And they'll use it frivolously. They'll use it frivolously. Continue, brother. Verse 5. He that is evil to himself, to whom will he be good? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 5. He that is evil to himself, to whom will he be good? He shall not take pleasure in his goods. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 5, he that is evil to himself, to whom will he be good? He shall not take pleasure in his goods. There is none worse than he that envieth himself, and this is a recompense of his wickedness. There is nothing worse than a brother or sister who envy themselves. Verse 7, we, oh. we, need, we need to take notice to that, brothers and sisters. Do we envy ourselves? Because why? If you hate yourself, you'll hate your brother and sister. And it's, I don't believe that it's coincidence that before, during the time of us going into captivity, they taught us how to hate each other. They taught us how to hate ourselves. That was what they taught us, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 6. There is none worse than he that envieth himself. And this is a recompense of his wickedness. So they've taught us we're too dark. They've taught us we're too short. they taught us we're too thick. they taught us we're too skinny. This was the, the beginning stage, brothers and sisters, in order to perpetuate a spiritual captivity, a spiritual servitude to teach us how to hate ourselves. Uh, let's go to Ecclesiastes 5 and 1, brother. In your Old Testament, it's right after Proverbs. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 1. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God. And be more ready to hear. Where it says, keep thy foot. It's talking about watch your step when you're in the presence of the Most High. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 1. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God. And be more ready to hear. Then to give sacrifice of fools. 
For they consider not that they do evil. Right. So we must be ready to listen. We must be ready to hear, brothers and sisters. Because why? When you're irrational or when you're brash, you consider not that you're doing evil, brothers and sisters. Continue. Verse 2. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. Right. So don't be quick to say the first thing that's on your mind. When I was a young man in my probably early 20s, an uh, older gentleman told me, before you respond to anything, take three seconds before you respond. And I didn't understand it at first, but now I do. Because it shows that you're not being dismissive and that you think you know it all. When somebody says something to you, take a second to ponder on it. Even if you're already prepared with what you're going to say, it, it'll just... It, it'll, it, You'll be viewed differently. You'll be viewed differently if you take a second before you just spit out. Because nobody likes somebody who acts like they know everything. And if I ask you a question, you just have answer here, answer there, answer there. That's not the spirit of Christ. And really, nobody wants to learn or listen to you at all because you think you know it all. So that's something that I learned. And the Bible echoes that sentiment. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 2. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. Right, so we must meditate before we speak. Continue, brother. For God is in heaven, and thou upon earth. Therefore, let thy words be few. Let thy words be few. So a lot of times, brothers and sisters, um, you know, me personally, uh, people will be doing, maybe they'll be wrong about something. Or they'll come to me and want me to see something or view something about a brother or sister and I really don't have anything to say because why if we don't have something to say when the time isn't right your word is more respected but if you have an opinion on everything your word is not respected because you always have something to say so the things that aren't really that important I just hold my tongue and I'll listen and then when it's the chance comes for something that could be groundbreaking you know to share with somebody then you know, I'll use my words and I'll use them wisely. But things that are frivolous, you know, I don't address. Because if your voice is heard too much, then it loses the power behind it. Continue, brother. <clears throat> Verse 3. For a dream cometh through the multitude of business. Read that one more time. For a dream cometh through a multitude of business. And a fool's voice is known by multitude of words. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 3. For a dream cometh through the multitude of business. And a fool's voice is known by a multitude of words. So a lot of times brothers and sisters will have a weird dream and they'll wonder, where is that coming from? It says from a multitude of business. So the things that you do throughout the day, maybe the places that you went or some of the television programs that you've watched will lead you to certain dreams. Read that one more time, brother. Verse three, for a dream coming through the multitude of business. And a fool's voice is known by a multitude of words. A fool's voice is known by a multitude of words. So if we only speak when it's something substantial, brothers and sisters, your word will be respected. So that's something that I've tried to learn myself is because especially you all, you know, those who learn from our church probably know more than 90 percent of the world. And sometimes you'll see a lot of things that's going wrong. Or you'll hear things where people are incorrect on. But it's not always that time to say something. We can we can just deal in a regular conversation and be around other people and let them be wrong. You know, personally, for me, I've been in the truth so long that 
a lot of the people that I deal with don't know the truth. The majority of the people I deal with on a day-to-day basis don't know the truth. So majority of the people I deal with do not agree with me or any of the things I believe. And as a youngster, when I first couple of years, when I came into the truth, I would just, every time somebody said something, I would just correct them and correct them and correct them. But now it's come to the point where the majority of the world is not going to agree with what you're saying because they don't know what you're saying. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 3. For a dream coming through the multitude of business and a fool's voice is known by multitude of words. Right. So a lot of times when you're young, especially young brothers, they'll come into the truth for maybe about a year. They'll learn a few precepts and then they're riled up with that spirit of debate. Anytime somebody says something that may not agree with you, you're ready to correct them. I was that person at one time. I was that person. But then I learned that even if you are right, it may not be the right time to bring something out, brothers and sisters. So we all understand that you could be dead right about something. But if the environment is not right for somebody to learn, then it's probably not best for you to teach them. Because now they're going to feel like you're trying to be a lord over them. You're just trying to feel like you're deep or be over somebody. When really, there was a lot of times where Christ didn't even respond to certain things. He didn't even respond. He would say, well, yeah, you said that. They'll claim that Christ said something, and and he'll say, "Well, well, you said that. So we don't have to respond to everything, brothers and sisters. If we only speak when I when you know it's something substantial, groundbreaking, something that can actually help a brother or sister, that's when we try to speak. We must, you know, guard our tongues. And a lot of people, you know, especially people during the YouTube age, you know, not that we we're saying we haven't learned anything on YouTube, but when you learn it on YouTube, certain things you don't learn. Certain things like how to guard your tongue, how to manage your tongue. Those are certain things you don't learn. Continue, brother. Verse 4. When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. So if you make a promise to the Most High, and I was a person who used to do this. When I was in trouble or when there was you know, some court dates coming up or something like that, I would make all these promises to the Most High. And as soon as I was delivered, I put it down. And the Most High is saying, even though it may be just you in the room or, you know, and you're having a conversation with the Most High, maybe you're saying, well, I'm going to do a fast for seven days. If you tell the Most High that, it would be, you know, in your best interest to do exactly what you said, because the Most High trusts you. The Most High believes you. He's listening to you. Sometimes we think he's not listening because he's not saying anything back. But if you make a promise to the Most High, we must keep it. We must, must uphold what we the vow that we made brothers and sisters the bible teaches you uh how to conduct yourself when you come into the truth and we're going to go into some of those principles today brothers and sisters we're going to hebrews 5 new testament brothers and sisters we're going to read hebrews 5 and 12 hebrews 5 verse 12 For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracle of God. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 12. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. We must learn again, brothers and sisters. Anybody coming into the truth. Because why? Everything we've learned thus far has been confusion and a lie. Everything. So we must Come back and take it down and relearn like a child. Each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 12. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, 
Ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. So especially young men, because a lot of us, the Most High is raising us up to be leaders, to be teachers, to be in a leadership position. And sometimes when you're young, especially in the truth, you'll stunt your growth because you have the spirit of debate. You know something and you could be right, but the intent is wrong. So even if it's right, the intent behind why you're bringing forth certain things is incorrect. Therefore, it makes it a sin. And people don't want to hear it from you, even though you're true, because you have an intent behind that, brothers and sisters. So we're going to go into the knowledge of how and when to guard our tongue. We're going to Sirach 7 and 14 or Ecclesiasticus and the Apographer, chapter 7, verse 14. Sirach 7 and 14. Use not many words in a multitude of elders. Read that again, brother. Use not many words in a multitude of elders and make not much babbling when thou prayest. And that's something I had to learn personally, because at this age, you all are young and you have a lot more knowledge than those of us, those of our forefathers that are older than us, our grandparents. So when I'm around them, I don't try to make it seem like I'm smarter than them. In fact, I actually let them teach me things I already know. Because I want to respect him. I don't need to, you know, make it seem like I'm that young gun out there. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 14. Use not many words in a multitude of elders. So this is some of the principles that we don't learn online. These are things that we can only learn through life experience. When I'm around even pastors, I know that I probably know more than them. But I don't try to get into, you know, dissertations around them because I need to respect them. They're my elders. And like I said, I'll allow them to teach me things that I already know just out of respect, just out of respect. Uh, let's go to Ecclesiastes 10. We're jumping, jumping back and forth between Ecclesiastes and Ecclesiasticus, brothers and sisters. Because why? If you allow them to teach you, even though you may know it, they'll be open to hearing what you have to say because you're not treating them like you know everything. And that was something I, I had to learn. And I think everybody will have to learn, especially the young men, especially the young men, because you could correct them on everything they say. But really, are, are they going to receive anything you're saying? No, they're not going to receive it. And the ultimate goal is to help bring somebody closer to Christ, not to show that you know more than them. So everything I do personally, it, I have an agenda with it. And that's to try to bring them closer to Christ. I'll allow somebody to go into a, a soliloquy. But in my mind, I know that somehow, at some point, maybe not today, but I want to try to help bring them closer to Christ. So we have to, you know, guard our tongue, brothers and sisters. Uh, re start uh, verse 11, brother, please. Ecclesiastes 10 and 11. Surely the serpent will bite without enchantment, and a babbler is no better. The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious, but the lips of a fool will swallow up himself. Right. So... Pleasant speech, brothers and sisters, is something we must uh, we must put forth. Pleasant speech, brothers and sisters. We don't always have to show we know something or, you know, uh, show somebody that they're wrong. We can just be gracious. We can just be pleasant. Therefore, people like to be around you. That's one thing that I've learned personally is that if somebody like being around you, there's a better chance that they'll allow you to teach them. There's a better chance that they will receive something from you if they like being around you. 
if I don't like being around you, it doesn't matter how many precepts you're breaking down. I don't want to hear it from you. I'll hear it from somebody else, but not you. <laughs> and that's how Israel is. That's how Israel is, brothers and sisters. So through your walking, maturing, you'll learn what works and what doesn't work. Uh, read that one more time, brother. Verse 11. Surely the serpent will bite without enchantment, and a babbler is no better. The word of a wise man's mouth are gracious, but the lips of a fool will swallow up himself. A fool will destroy himself with his own words. That's why a lot of times you have to let people talk. You have to let them talk because, number one, it shows them that they don't know what they're talking about. And it also shows you that they don't know what they're talking about. So a lot of times I'll let somebody go into something and they'll be completely wrong. But I won't say anything because if you let a fool talk long enough, they'll trip themselves up. They'll trip themselves up. Just let them go. Just let them keep going. We don't have to correct them. Let them think they know something. Actually, let that let that happen. Continue, brother. Verse 13. The beginning of the words of his mouth is a is foolishness. And the end of his talk is mischievous madness. Continue. Verse 14. A fool also is full of words. A man cannot tell what shall be. And what shall be after him? Who can tell him? Right. So fool is always talking in the words you call it, in the world. You call it what a motor mouth. They got something to say and an opinion on everything. I have an opinion, too, but I don't let it be known all the time. I only let my opinion be known when I think it's in a environment. Well, it could be useful because every environment is not, you know, the environment. Sometimes there's a spirit going. There's a spirit of debate. There's a spirit of going back and forth. And when I feel that. I just I just ease off because I know nothing I say, <laughs> anything I say, anything I do, they will find it to be uh, wrong. You could be feeding the poor, brother. But if somebody don't like you, they'll find something wrong with that. Oh, he just feeding the poor because he, he want to be deep. He want people to look at him. This is how it goes, brothers and sisters. So when you feel that, you got to step away and just let it go. Because nothing that you do will be righteous in their eyes. Nothing. Let's go to Sirach 19, brother. Ecclesiasticus. Excuse me. We're going to go to chapter 19 and 6. Sirach 19, verse 6. He that can rule his tongue shall live without strife. Read that again. He that can rule his tongue shall live without strife. And he that hateth babbling shall have less evil. That's crystal clear, brothers and sisters. I know that I've been in situations where there's brothers. And those brothers who are always joking and laughing and talking, those are usually the ones that get into altercations, whether it be verbal or physical. Because why? They're always talking. And sooner or later, you're going to slip up and offend somebody, probably. Read that again, brother. Verse 6. He that can rule his tongue shall live without strife. And he that hated babbling shall have less evil. So foolish talk will lead to a confrontational life, brothers and sisters. If somebody who's in the midst of foolish dialogue all the time, they're offending people all the time. And people really don't like them. People really don't like her. And that's usually how it goes, brothers and sisters. Somebody may not tell you that, but really, they would do nothing to help you. If the opportunity presented itself, they wouldn't do anything to help you. Continue, brother. Verse 7. Rehearse not unto another that which is told unto thee. And thou shalt fare never the worse. Right. So if, if somebody comes to you in confidence as a confidant and you promote that before other people, then you lose their trust. So somebody may come to you and ask you to listen to them or they may admit something, confess something to you. 
that should not be promoted to the masses. Because why? They trusted you enough to tell you it. So you must protect them. You must shield them, not promote it. Continue, brother. Verse 8. Whether it be to a friend or foe, talk not of other men's lives. Read that again, brother. Verse 8. Whether it be to friend or foe, talk not of other men's lives. That's crystal clear. So whether it be an enemy or a brother or sister that you, you know, you love and you, you, you know, it's delightful to you. We're not supposed to talk on other men's lives or other women's lives. Some people get caught up and say, oh, Donald Trump did this and he did that and he's this and he's that. The Bible say whether he's a foe or a friend, we cannot speak on another man's life or another sister's life. Continue, brother. Verse eight, whether it be to friend or foe, talk not of other men's lives. And if thou canst without offense, reveal them not. Right. So if there's a person who every time their name is brought up, you have something <laughs> to show them in a bad light to slander them, then don't say anything at all. Don't say anything at all. Just let it go. Verse nine, for he heard and observed thee. And when time cometh, he will hate thee. If thou hast heard a word, let it die with thee and be bold. It will not burst thee. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 10. If thou hast heard a word, let it die with thee and be bold. It will not burst thee. Right. So be honorable in things that you know about certain th people, maybe even if it doesn't show them in the best light, you will build a stronger bond because you have the ability to have people view them in a negative way. But you don't promote it. See, that's love right there. There's things about me that I'm ashamed of or that I was ashamed of in my previous life that I wouldn't want promoted there. But there's people who've known me for years that know certain things about me. And those people who don't promote those things about me, I love and I trust them because they know things that could cripple me. They know things that can cripple me, but yet they, they shield me. They protect me. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 10. If thou hast heard a word, let it die with thee and be bold. It will not burst thee. Right. It will not burst thee. Hold it in. You're not going to explode. <laughs> You're not going to detonate because you have something that may show somebody in an unfavorable light and you don't promote it. You're not going to explode. Okay. <laughs> Continue, brother. Verse 11. A fool travaileth with a word as a woman in labor of child. So you've come around a brother or a sister. Shalom, brother. Or shalom, sister. And you can see internally they're under duress. They have something they want to say. Uh, I don't know, brother. I, uh, never mind. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> There's something there and they really want to expose it. They want to. They're anxious, brothers and sisters. They want to say something. They're antsy. We all know people like that. They can't hold it in. Anything they know. Anything they think they may know, they need to expose it. They have to. Continue, brother. Verse 12. As an arrow that sticketh in a man's thigh, so is a word within a fool's belly. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 12. As an arrow that sticketh in a man's thigh, so is a word without a, with, within a fool's belly. So in some of the movies, like somebody would get shot with an arrow and it's like they have to pull the arrow out. You ever seen that? This is what this is talking about. You have something and you just must reveal it. You must reveal it to everybody. You can't hold it in. See, that's not the spirit of Christ. Continue, brother. Verse 13. Admonish a friend. It may be it may be he hath not done it. And if he have done it, that he do it no more. So inquire of your brother or your sister of what maybe you heard. And sometimes 
it's not, a lot of times, most times, it's not even true. It's strictly slander. A lot of things that's being said out there aren't true. It's 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 100% slander. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 13. Admonish a friend. It may be he hath not done it. And if he have done it, that he do it no more. Admonish thy friend. It may be he hath not said it. And if he have, that he speak it not again. Admonish a friend, for many times it is a slander. And believe not every tale. Right. In most cases, the things you're hearing about, brothers and sisters, are complete slander. And you're foolish if you believe everything that somebody says. You're a fool. That's what the Bible says. Continue. Verse 16. There is one that slippeth in speech, but not from his heart. And who it? Who is he that hath not offended with his tongue? Right. So there, each and every person have offended somebody in their lifetime, whether it be on purpose or an accident. There is not a man or woman walking that have not offended somebody through their speech. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 16. There is one that slippeth in speech, but not from his heart. And who is he that hath not offended with his tongue? All right. Let's go to Ecclesiasticus 23 and 13. Just a few chapters over. You said verse 13? Uh, 15. Uh, yeah, actually 13 through 15, brother. Ecclesiasticus 23 and 13. Use not thy mouth to untemperate swearing, for therein the, therein the word of sin. This is talking about vulgar language, brothers and sisters. We're talking about how to manage our tongue. Using vulgar language is not of the most high. Christ never used vulgar language. Neither did the disciples. Especially if you're trying to share something with somebody. If you have the goal to try to teach somebody something, it may be one thing about the Sabbath or not eating certain foods or not celebrating holidays. Vulgar language is not the way to go. That's not the way to go because it may seem funny and cool from the onset, but nobody wants to learn from somebody who's vulgar. Nobody wants that. People want to serve the Most High God. They want to serve Christ. Of course, you cursing and stuff like that may be funny from the onset, but who's really going to receive direction about getting closer to God from somebody who's cursing up a storm? Some people, I've seen brothers out on the streets cussing with a Bible in their hand. I'm like, that don't even look right. That don't look right. How are you cursing with a Bible in your hand? Doesn't make any sense. Verse 14. Remember thy father and thy mother. Read that again. Remember thy father and thy mother. So remember the principles that were established by your parents. How your parents told you how to talk, how not to talk. Because why? In ancient times, you were a reflection or a representation of your parents. So if you're cussing, you probably learned that from your parents. And you're supposed to have your parents viewed in their strength. So remember what your mommy and your daddy taught you. Those who raised you, your grandmama, your granddaddy, about vulgar language. Verse 14. Remember thy father and thy mother when thou sittest among great men. Be not forgetful before them. And so thou by, them, by the, thy custom become a fool and wish that thou hadst not been born and curse the day of thy nativity. Right. The man that is accustomed to opprobrious words will never be reformed all the days of his life. Usually a person who's a cusser, who's vulgar, can't be corrected. It's just It just comes together. A brother or sister who's a cusser, they cannot be corrected. That's what the Bible says. They're always going to have a reason why you're wrong and they're right. Read that again, brother. 
Verse 15, the man that is accustomed to opprobrious words will never be reformed all the days of his life. Right. That's crystal clear. Let's go to chapter 28 in the same book, Ecclesiasticus 28 and 13, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiasticus 28, verse 13. Curse the whisperer and the double tongue, for such have destroyed many that were at peace. Right. So rumors, gossip. Compromises tranquility. Brothers and sisters, I've seen during my young days in school, there would be fist fights, fisticuffs over what somebody said. Sisters would be calling each other all types of names because somebody said she did this or did this with somebody. This compromises tranquility, brothers and sisters. Gossip. And we're dealing in a time where slander is promoted on blogs, on vlogs, like uh, uh, TMZ. Where they all in brothers and sisters' businesses and their marriages, all of that, just promoting it. That's not of the most high. They have now commoditized gossip. People get paid to publish your personal business. That jeopardizes tranquility, brothers and sisters. Verse 14. A backbiting tongue hath disquieted many and driven them from nation to nation. Strong cities hath it pulled down. And overthrown the houses of great men. How many wars have started through false rumors and gossip? Right? Continue. Verse 15. A backbiting tongue has cast out virtuous women and deprived them of their labors. Read that again, brother. Verse 15. A backbiting tongue has cast out virtuous women and deprived them of their labors. A virtuous woman can be shattered by a slanderous tongue. All the things that she done to be viewed as virtuous... By slander and gossip can destroy all of that. Read it again, brother, please. Verse 15. A backbiting tongue has cast out virtuous women and deprived them of their labors. Whoso hearkeneth unto it shall never find rest and never dwell quietly. The stroke of the whip maketh the marks in the flesh, but the stroke of the tongue breaketh the bones. The tongue, brothers and sisters, is very powerful. It hurts worse than an actual whip. It her, it's castigation, brothers and sisters. It's not of the most high. Verse 18. Many have fallen by the edge of the sword, but not so many as have fallen by the tongue. The tongue have destroyed more people than warfare. More people than warfare, brothers and sisters. Verse 19. Well is he that is defended from it and hath not passed through the, the venom thereof, who hath not drawn the yoke thereof, nor hath been bound in her bands. For the yoke thereof is a yoke of iron, and the bands thereof are bands of brass. A yoke of servitude, brothers and sisters. A person who cannot control their tongue, their talk, their speech is in servitude, is in captivity. Verse 20, or verse 21. The death thereof is an evil death. The grave were better than it. It shall not have rule over them that fear God. Neither shall there be burnt with the flame thereof. Those who fear the Most High can withstand a backbiting tongue. And there will be backbiting tongues, especially if you're doing the work. There's going to be people that's going to question you. That's going to question everything about you. That's going to look to make the, to show you in a bad light, to show that you don't know what you're talking about. But guess what? It's not going to stand because why? You're following the most high. So when those people are lying on you and trying to have people view you in a different way to lose your respect, because why? Some people have a problem with the reverence. That some people may have for you. They may think that the reverence that somebody have for you should be allocated to them. 
And for that reason, castigation, slander, whispering. Because why? Brothers and sisters have a ton of knowledge. They're close to the Most High God. And some people are going to have a problem with that because some people will have reverence for you and view you as a godly person and not view other people as that. Therefore, they're going to slander you because they feel like that respect that people have for you should go to them. Verse 23. Such as forsake the Lord shall find into it and it shall burn in them. Read that again, brother. Verse 23. Such as forsake the Lord shall fall into it, and it shall burn in them, and not be quenched. It shall be sent upon them as a lion, and devour them as a leopard. Right. So somebody who's dealing in this spirit is going to destroy themselves. They're looking to actually destroy you, but really, the Most High is setting up a snare, a trap. Because see, a lot of times people think they're exposing you, but really they're exposing themselves. Not exposing anything. You're actually exposing the intent of your heart. See? And the Most High will let that be known. Let Most High will let that be known. Because there's people, and I've heard it, who deal about talking about this person and that person, or this Israelite or that Israelite, when really the intent of your heart is being showed. And anybody who's spiritual can see it. Because you don't have any work. Your work is to attack other people. That's your work. You have no work. Your work is to look at another brother or another sister's work and then talk down on it. Continue. Verse 24. Look that thou hedge thy possession about thy with horns, and bind up thy silver and gold. Read that again, brother. Verse 24. Look that thou hedge thy possession about with thorns, and bind up thy silver and gold, and weigh thy words in a balance, and make a door and bar for thy mouth. It says, weigh thy words in a balance. Judge your words before they come out of your mouth, is what this is saying, brothers and sisters. We know when you go to court, they have that balance. That's what this is talking about. Meditate on your on your speech before you say. Continue, brother. Verse twenty six. Beware thou slide not by it, lest thou fall before him that lieth in wait. So we must come up with a system in which you know, which we know when to open your mouth and when to shut your mouth. And a lot of times we have a problem with that. A lot of times we have a problem with that. We don't know when to speak and when not to speak. We just go freely. When really, if you are following Christ, then you represent Christ. You're actually a representation of him. So what your behavior may actually cause somebody to not want to come to the Bible. They may say, you see the way that sister's acting or the way that brother's acting? If that's what comes out of the Bible, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. So you got to be very careful, brothers and sisters, you know, what you perpetuate because you're, you should be a representation of Christ. We all should. But if somebody, you know, sees castigation and gossip and lying and attacking and fighting and slandering they may equip they may you know may they may think that's equal to the bible and you learn that from the bible therefore they don't want to learn the bible if you're dealing in the bible and you acting like that i don't want none of it <laughs> i don't want any of it uh read that one more time brother verse 25 or 26 Beware thou slide not by it, lest thou fall before him that lieth in wait. Right. Let's go to Wisdom of Solomon, brothers and sisters. One in five. In the Apographer, brothers and sisters. We're going to read five through nine. Wisdom, wisdom of Solomon, one and five. For the Holy Spirit of discipline will flee deceit and remove from thoughts that are without understanding. 
It will not abide when unrighteousness cometh in. Right. So we must be conservative of our thoughts. Because if you start thinking evil about a person, a brother or a sister, looking to attack them or tear them down, the Holy Spirit is going to leave. Because she can't be involved in that. So we must be cognizant of even our thoughts. A lot of times we think, well, you know, it's just my thoughts. I can't control that. And to some degree, that's true. Some things just come into your head and you can't really control it. But there's some things that you actually, we actually process and start formulating plans and thoughts based upon something that we could just close the door to. There are certain things I know personally for me, especially when I was a young man, if I thought about certain things, I started to get angry. I would start getting angry and I knew I would get angry if I thought about it. That's why I was thinking about it because I wanted to be angry. I wanted to feed that. Continue, brother. Verse six, for wisdom is a loving spirit. It will not acquit a blasphemer of his words. For God is witness of his reigns, and a true beholder of his heart, and a hearer of his tongue. The Most High hears all things, brothers and sisters, all things. Verse 7. For the Spirit of the Lord filleth the world, and that which containeth all things hath knowledge of the voice. So you can deceive a man, you can deceive a woman, but you cannot deceive the Most High. Verse 8. Therefore, he that speaketh unrighteous things cannot be hid, neither shall vengeance, when it punisheth, passes by him. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 8. Therefore, he that speaketh unrighteous things cannot be hid, neither shall vengeance, when it punisheth, pass by him. So if you don't reveal what the intent of your heart is, the Most High going to reveal it, because you can't hide it. A lot of times... You had the Pharisees who would ask certain questions, but really they were looking to show Christ didn't know what he was talking about. So the Most High will reveal what your intent is, irregardless of how you're eloquently putting questions together or words. The Most High going to make sure that you reveal the intent of your heart because you can't do the right thing for the wrong reason. You cannot. Continue, brother. Verse 9. For, for inquisition shall be made in the councils of the ungodly. And the sound of his word shall come unto the Lord for the manifestation of his wicked deeds. Right. Whatever's in your heart will eventually manifest itself. It's only but so long you can act and, you know, and flail and be fake. Sooner or later, the intent of your heart will manifest itself through your speech. It's just how it is, brothers and sisters. That's just how it is. Let's go to Matthew 12. We're going to read uh, Matthew 12 and 34. Matthew 12, verse 34. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 34. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. This is why we must be scrupulous of our thoughts. We must be, brothers and sisters. Verse 35. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasures bringeth forth evil things. Whatever's in your heart will manifest in your speech eventually. Eventually it will manifest. Verse 36. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. So we will be held responsible for each and everything that we say to, you know, to a brother or to a sister. Because why? The Most High don't respect me more than he respect a sinner. 
The Most High created all of us. So we may think that we're better than a brother or sister because we have more knowledge or we're following more laws. But the Most High is not viewing it like that. We're all his children. Continue, brother. Verse 37. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 37. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Right. So either people are going to see pleasantries through your mouth, or you're going to condemn yourself and, you know, walk yourself into a pitfall because of the things that you're saying. Because people are very smart, especially those who are dealing with the Bible. So your intent will soon be revealed for all of us. Either you're doing the right thing because some people will come to you like they care. Well, you know what? I just want the brothers to be right. And, you know, I just want, you know, I just want everybody to have the right information. And you may be saying to a brother, yeah, man, you know, when the sun go down, we're going to go grab something to eat. Then you'll have another brother saying, what? Hold on. What? The sun all the way down? Nah, I don't want to be breaking the law. I don't want to let them go. I want to make sure I'm good. Hold on. What? What color is his fringes? What color is his border? I, I just want the brothers to be right. I just want the sisters to be right. No, you don't. You just want to be over-righteous. You want to show that you're better than somebody. See, the intent will come out, brothers and sisters. Are you I see? Hey, you said it, brother. You said it. <laughs> Put it out there, brother. They made me feel bad. Like, for mm-hmm. real. They always were putting me on front street. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Trying to pull my, uh, my collar all the time. So, mm-hmm. And that's not the spirit of Christ at all. That is not the spirit of Christ, brothers and sisters. Let's go to James chapter 3. We're going to read, uh, we're going to start at chapter, uh, excuse me, verse 1. James 3, verse 1. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. Right. So, brothers and sisters, even though we may have more information or understanding than somebody, we don't need to correct everybody. Christ never corrected somebody individually. He put things out there, put the truth out there. For example, personally, I don't ever like to single somebody out and say what you're doing is wrong. We don't have to do that. What we can do is just present the truth. Because why? If you bring somebody close to Christ, Christ will tell them what they're doing wrong. See, so you don't even have to go there. You don't need to tell a brother, you should really stop doing this or doing that. If you just bring them closer to Christ, then Christ will tell them, listen, brother, you need to stop that. His heart will convict them. That's the best way to do it, brothers and sisters. That's the best way. Continue. Verse 2. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man. And and able also to brittle the whole body. Right. So, brothers and sisters, we must learn how to bridle our tongue. Because through the tongue, you can control everything. Through the tongue, brothers and sisters, you can either destroy a woman or a man. Or you can build them up through the tongue. That's the power. Through the tongue. Verse 3. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us. And we turn about their whole body. It's like when you have a horse and you put a carrot in front of them. You dangle it. Wherever you dangle it, they'll go. So through the mouth, you can control You can control the whole, the, the whole construct. The entirety of it. Through the mouth. Through the tongue. And a lot of times, our people struggle with that. I know as a young man, I did. I was quick with it. And I thought that was actually cool. I thought when somebody said something to me, to have a fast comeback was cool. I thought that was cool. Verse 4. 
Behold also the ships, which, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm. Right. So a ship could be great. But it's controlled through a small wheel or a small helm. Controls the whole the whole ship. Verse four. Behold also the ships, which though be though they be great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeneth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and both boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindled. Read that one more time, brother. Verse five. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Right, so the tongue can bring forth a little fire that can kindle. For example, brothers and sisters, a match is small, but it can start a forest fire. That's what this is saying. It's small, but it can do damage. It can do damage. I remember there was times as a youngster, I said something to somebody that I love. That I know hurt them. And it hurt me to know that I hurt them. But once it's out there, brothers and sisters, it can never be taken back. Especially if you're dealing with a woman. No matter how many times you apologize, she's going to remember what you said. She's going to remember and it's going to change the dynamics of the entire relationship. Because we had a moment of weakness by running our mouth. Which a lot of times we do. All of us, including myself. Continue, brother. Verse 6. And the tongue is a fire. A world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature. Right. And it is set on fire of hell. Right, right. So the tongue can ignite certain situations, brothers and sisters. The tongue can ignite something. It's, for example, you can be walking down the street. Somebody could maybe step on your shoe. Now, the next thing that comes out of that person's mouth that stepped on your shoe can either ignite a fight or have you laugh. Just depends on what they say. So we, we must understand that, brothers and sisters, through our mouth, a lot of control is there. If we can control it, either for the for the you know for the better or for the worse. We must learn to control our tongue, brothers and sisters. Verse seven. For every kind of beast, excuse me, for every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. Right, so when you go into a zoo, brothers and sisters, you can find lions that's tame, leopards that's tame. You can find all types of animals that's tame, brothers and sisters, but not the tongue. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 7, for every kind of beasts and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 8. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Right. So you can tame a wild pit bull before you can tame your tongue. Being double-tongued. We're dealing with a curse that no other creation is dealing with. There's no cats somewhere that's that's talking about each other. Okay? <laughs> They're not like, oh, did you see what he was doing here and what she was doing here? No other animal is dealing with that. We're dealing with that. Talking about each other. That's what we do. That's something that only we deal with. That's single to us. <clears throat> Read that again, brother. Verse 8. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father. And therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Right. So we'll bless the Most High God. 
And then out of that same mouth, curse a brother or sister that was made in the image of the Most High God. That's a contradiction. That's a contradiction. How can you praise the Most High and then tear down your brother or tear down your sister? That's made in the image of the Most High. Continue. Verse 10. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Who have had a drink from a fountain that gave you sweet water and bitter water? Doesn't exist, brothers and sisters. Doesn't exist. Verse, verse 12. Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? Either a vine figs, so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Who is a wise man and endureth with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. A person, uh, excuse me, a person who's righteous, it'll manifest in their, cost, in their consultation, in their conversation. It will manifest by the things that they're talking about. Even if they're not talking to you indirectly. Things that you hear brothers and sisters talking about let you know, is this a righteous man? Is this a righteous woman? Continue, brother. Verse 14. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. It says, lie not against the truth. Because why? You're lying against the truth when you bring forth understanding, you're breaking down precepts, and then you curse a brother or you curse a sister. You're lying against the truth. Continue. Verse 15. This wisdom descended not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 15. This wisdom descended not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. So the slanderous activity does not come from above. It comes from the pits of hell, brothers and sisters. Slandering people, gossiping, looking to tear people down. That comes from the pits of hell. That's not, that's not God. Continue, brother. Verse 16. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. So where there's envy and strife, brothers and sisters, no, there's confusion in the midst. Mm -hmm. There's confusion in the midst of you dealing with somebody who's envying somebody else or, you know, bringing up things that are, that will, uh, you know, that will bring forth strife. Somebody who bring up things that will bring forth strife. That's confusion, brothers and sisters, all the way. No way around. It. That's confusion. Let's go to Ephesians 4 and 29. Ephesians 4, verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. How do we know the communication is corrupt? It's going to tell you. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that is that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So if what you're bringing forth isn't bringing edification or understanding it's corrupt that's what the bible is saying verse 30 and grieve not the holy spirit of god whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice let these things brothers and sisters be put away from us verse verse 32 and be ye kind one to another tender-hearted forgiving one another even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. These are the principles that will get us through the last days, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 32. And be ye kind one to another, <laughs> tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. All right. Uh, let's go to First Peter, brother. We're going to go to First Peter 
chapter 4, verse 1. First Peter 4, verse 1. For as much then as Christ hath suffered for, for us in flesh. Excuse me, brother. Verse 11. I'm sorry. First Peter 4 and 11. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability with God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. So this should be the foundation of our conversations, brothers, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, please. Verse 11. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. All right. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3. We have a few more scriptures we're going to break down, brothers and sisters. We're going to read chapter 3, verse verse 8. Colossians 3 and 8. But now ye also put off all, all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. These are the things we must put away, brothers and sisters. In, in the world, you know, these are the things that are glorified, that are sensationalized. You find any show on TV, on BET or MTV, and all of this is going on in the show. All of it. And if it's not, it's not entertainment. Yep. If it's not this... It's not entertaining. See, they have completely programmed us, brothers and sisters. Verse 9. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Right, because why? That's the old man who believes you're doing somebody a favor by lying to him. You ever heard somebody say, I lied to you because I love you? No, you're sick. You're sick. Read that again, brother. Verse 10. And put and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ in all and in all. All right. Let's go to let's go to Proverbs 21 and 23. Old Testament, brothers and sisters. Right after Psalms. Proverbs 21 and 23. Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. Right. So if you can control your mouth, you will have less confrontation in your life. If you can control your tongue, you'll have less confrontation. If you can't control it. There's a good chance that you're going to have a confrontational life, whether it be physical altercations or verbally assaulting. Either way, because through much speaking, there's a good chance that you're going to say something that's going to offend somebody. Mm -hmm. There's a great chance of that. So typically, especially if you're somebody who want to help bring somebody closer to Christ, you probably want to only speak when things are substantial. Allow everybody else to rule the conversation when there's something you think can help somebody, shed some light to somebody to bring them closer to Christ, that's when you come in. But let everybody else deal with the foolish talk. Don't go there, brothers and sisters. Verse 24. <clears throat> Actually, uh, let's go to chapter 12, brother. Proverbs 12. We're going to read 13 through 23. 
Proverbs 12 and 13. The wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips, but the just shall come out of a trouble. Uh, Proverbs, excuse me, sorry about that, brother. 12 and 13, sorry about that. All right. Proverbs 12 and 13. The wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips, but the just shall come out of trouble. A man shall be justified with good by the fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of a man's hand shall be rendered unto him. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. So a fool thinks he's right about everything. A fool would never come and say, you know what, that was my mistake. I was wrong about that. And a person who can't admit that they're wrong, I don't want to learn anything from you. Because nobody is perfect. And if you can't admit when you're wrong, then personally as a man, most men, especially when you're dealing with Israel, if you think you're right all the time, no man want to learn from you. No man. Because you think you're perfect. When you're a man who bleeds just like everybody else. Continue, brother. Verse 16. A fool's wrath is presently known, but a prudent man covereth shame. See? Read that again. Verse 16. A fool's wrath is presently known. But a prudent man covereth shame. He that speaketh truth showeth forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. There is that there is that speaketh like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. So you'll have some sisters or brothers who are trying to cut you. They're trying to cut you. They're not looking to build you up. They're looking to tear you down. They're looking to tear you down no matter what you do. They're going to look at it with an evil eye. No matter what you do. Continue, brother. Verse 19. The lip of the truth shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Right. So somebody who's lying, dealing in castigation, people will give ear to it for a second. But once people catch on to your game, they're going to put you they're going to put you away. Because there's some people out there, their whole deal is just to talk about other people and talk about their work and talk about where they're wrong. And see, in the beginning, people are listening to you. But once they realize that only thing you have is talking about other brothers and talking about other sisters, they're going to stop dealing with you. They're going to stop dealing with you. As soon as they catch on to what you're doing, you're not about bringing people closer to God. You're about talking down on other brothers. That's what you're about. That's not your work. Continue, brother. Verse 20. Deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil, but to the counselors of peace is joy. There shall no evil happen to the just, but the wicked shall be filled with mischief. Right. So those of us who are looking to tear down a brother or sister, you're really tearing down yourself. You're really actually exposing yourself. You're exposing the intent of your heart. While you're you're actually viewing it like, I'm showing you where she was wrong or where he was wrong or where their shortcomings are. Everybody else is viewing it as, oh, you would do the same thing to me. You would do the same thing to me. Continue. Verse 22, lying lips are abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. A prudent man concealeth knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaimeth foolishness. Right, a prudent man concealeth knowledge. So everything you know, don't have to be promoted. A smart man know when to be quiet, even though he could be right. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 23, a prudent man concealeth knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaimeth foolishness. Right. So a fool feel like, God bless you, brother. A foolish man feel like he need to correct everything. He need to let everything be known when everything shouldn't be known. 
Everything shouldn't be corrected. Not by you. Not by me, at least. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 23. A prudent man concealeth knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaimeth foolishness. Right. So somebody who wants to be deep, wants to be viewed like they're deep. That's not of the most high God. Because you're doing things so somebody can say, yeah, you're deep, brother. You're deep. You're not trying to help anybody. You're not trying to grow. You're trying to be deep. The intent of your heart will manifest itself. Let's go to 2 Timothy 2 and 23. 2 Timothy 2 verse 23. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strife. When I first came into the truth, I felt like every question somebody asked me, I needed to answer. But the Most High, He dealt with me about that. Because I, I thought that people that was asking questions are really trying to get understanding when really they're actually looking to show before everybody, you don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's actually what they're looking to show. They're especially, looking. Especially when you're on those streets and highways trying to get the knowledge of mm-hmm. these people. Walking down the street, which I was doing with IUIC, mm-hmm. sometimes they'll ask questions just to make you look stupid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. Or just brother. to show that you don't know what you're talking about. Right. It's funny when we flip it, but yeah. yes, sir. <laughs> the brother's right. The brother is right. I've dealt with that situation before. Everybody in the room knows, you know how I believe. Some other people come in that I've never met. And then they start hitting me with all these questions out of nowhere. And they're just actually looking to show that I don't know what I'm talking about or looking to show that everybody disagrees with me. And that's not of the most high. That's not of the most high. So you don't have to answer every question. A lot of times people will say things to me or ask me things and I don't even answer. I'll be like, okay, you said that, brother. You said that because you're trying to gender strife. You're not looking to bring people together. You're looking to divide. So, brothers and sisters, you must understand. You must feel that spirit. You can understand. You can feel it. What's going on? Because you what? You know the character. You know the tone. You, you'll, you'll answer a question and then they'll move it right to another question. See? Because they're just looking to show that either you think you know more than everybody and you think you're better than everybody. See? So, this is what Christ was trying to teach us. Because why? The Pharisees did this. The Pharisees would ask him all these questions just to show. That he didn't know what he was talking about when in fact he did know what he was talking about. He was just showing the spirit of the law. He was showing love. So you don't have to answer every question, brothers and sisters. You don't. Let's go to Proverbs 9 and 7. Proverbs 9 verse 7. He that reproveth a scorner getteth to himself shame. And he that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a block. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 7. He that reproveth a scorner getteth to himself shame. And he that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a block. See, that's crystal clear, brothers and sisters. You don't have to answer a fool. Somebody who's looking to stir you up and make trouble, let him go. Just let him go ahead. Let him go and scorn and scoff. They'll deal with the most high. They don't have to deal with us. They don't have to deal with you. Just let them go ahead. Read it one more time, brother. Verse 7. He that reproveth a scorner get it to himself shame. And he that rebuketh a wicked man giveth himself a block. Right. So it's crystal clear, brothers and sisters, when you know somebody's dealing in the spirit of argument, of divisiveness and division, 
Don't feed into it, brothers and sisters. Because why? Nothing good is going to come out of it. Even if you show what's right, they're going to view it in a different way. They're going to always misplace your purpose because they have an evil eye. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 8. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. See? So somebody who's already being divisive, no matter what you say, is going to be used against you. It will be used against you. That's why the Most High say you don't answer every question. You don't have to answer every question. Unless somebody you believe is being genuine in the reason that they're asking a question, then you don't have to go into it. So personally, when somebody asks me a question, depending on who it is, they say, well, can we go to this scripture? My first question is, why, okay, why are we going to the scripture, brother? Why are we going to the scripture, sister? See? Because we need to know. Why are we going to the scripture? Because people have different intent. Just because people are in a congregation or a body don't mean they have the same intent, brothers and sisters. Some people's intent is different. Galatians tell you there's some that are coming in just to spy out liberty. Just to see what you're doing and what you're not doing. Like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the verifier. I just wanted to make sure everything was okay, brother. That's all. I just wanted to make sure you had it right. Oh, okay. So you're the verifier. <laughs> See? Especially when you're dealing with Israel, brothers and sisters. Especially when you're dealing with Israel. They're doing no work on the sidelines. Like, you're a bum! They're the last man on the bench. You're a bum! <laughs> this is what's going on, brothers and sisters. It'd be the ones with no work that's looking to attack you. The ones with no fruit are looking to attack you can't trust every shalom, brothers and sisters. Just because somebody, they would do that to Christ. Shalom, shalom, Christ. And then right behind, as soon as he walk out, they're being a false witness or a false accuser right behind him. Mm-hmm. So you cannot, you, you cannot trust every shalom, brothers and sisters. You must be able to screen them through the Bible, through the intent. Not what's coming out of their mouth. What's the intent behind what's coming out of their mouth? Because why? The Most High said he's going to reveal it. Let it show you what we mean. Let's go to Matthew 26 and show you Christ when he had false accusers, how he handled it. We've got one more scripture after this and we'll break down, brothers and sisters. We're going to Matthew 26 and 59. Matthew 26, verse 59. Now the chief priests and elders and all the council sought false witness against Christ. To put him to death, but found none. Yeah, though many false witnesses came, yet found they none. At, at last, the, at last came two false witnesses and said, "This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God to build it in three days." And the high priest arose and said unto him, "Answerest thou nothing? What is it? Which? What is it? Excuse me. I hit the button. Which scripture are you at, brother?" You had 60, you can read, can you read 62? 62. Yes, sir. Verse 62. And the high priest arose and said unto him, Answer it, thou nothing. What is it with these witness against thee? Because Christ wouldn't even answer. See, they were looking to entangle him in his speech. See, you'll have brothers and sisters out there looking to entangle you, looking to entrap you. They're listening to you just to find something wrong. See, so Christ didn't say anything. Read, brother. Verse 63. But Christ held his peace, and the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God, that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. 
And Christ said nothing unto him. Thou hast said, Nevertheless, I say unto you, hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Read 63 and 64 one more time, brother. Verse 63. But Christ held his peace and the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. Christ said unto him, thou hast said. Thou hast said. He said, you said it. See? So Christ wouldn't even, he wouldn't play that game with him because he knew the intent of their heart. So they were trying to say Christ was claiming he was God. He said, you said it. See? So you got to know the intent, brothers and sisters. You don't have to answer every question, especially if you know the intent of where the question is coming from. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 64. Christ said unto him, thou hast said, nevertheless, I say unto you, hereafter shall ye see the son of man sitting on the right hand of power. And coming in the clouds of heaven. See? So you don't have to... Listen, you don't have to answer every question, brothers and sisters. Christ was smooth. A lot of times he would just ignore him. He wouldn't even answer. He was just going about his business right in the sand or something. See? Because you know who it is, brothers and sisters. You know who's looking to gender strife. And looking to show you as a fool. He said, listen, you said that. You said that. See? Let's go to Ecclesiasticus 20 and 18, brother. Ecclesiasticus 20 and 18. To slip upon a pavement is better than to slip with the tongue. So the fall of the wicked shall come speedily. Once it comes out of your mouth, brothers and sisters, there's no taking it back. There was times where I said things and instantly I wanted to take it back. I wanted to pull it back like it was on a rope and it couldn't happen. That's, that's why we must meditate on our speech, brothers and sisters. Don't become a prisoner of the moment and then say something that you're going to regret or that may actually expose you. Sometimes we'll, we'll be emotional and be a prisoner in the moment and say things that really shouldn't be said. And that's going to view, that's going to change how people view you from here on out. So, brothers and sisters, we have to learn how to control our tongue. Each and every one of us can examine this about ourselves. There isn't a person walking that can't say, you know, that they should learn how to manage their tongue better. Everybody. And to prove that, we're going to go to Matthew 19 and we're going to close it out here. Matthew 19 and 16. Each and every person can learn something about bridling their tongue, including myself. Matthew 19 and 16. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why calleth thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. There's one that's good, and that's God. Therefore, that shows that each and every individual can examine themselves. Each and every individual can examine themselves and learn how to better themselves. Everybody. And anybody who believes that they're outside of that, listen, you might as well die. You might as well die because if you're done learning, that's what life is about. Life is about experiencing things and learning. That's what it's about. And if you've learned everything, then hey, you might as well dig your own grave. Life is about learning. That's what life is about. Read that one more time. Read both of those again, brother. Verse, verse 16. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, 
What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why calleth thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. Right, brothers and sisters. Further proof that the New Testament have commandments that you should follow. This is not just Old Testament, because Christians will say, well, that's done away with. There's no commandments in the New Testament. Read that scripture one more time, brother. Verse 17. And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. All right, brothers and sisters. This was a lesson on managing your tongue. I hope each and every individual can examine themselves and find out how they can better manage or guard their tongue and be in the spirit of love. Therefore, they can make it into the kingdom. We want to say, Kwam Yasharala. Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more.